This is Brian Q. Miller, and you're listening to Across the Airwaves. Meanwhile, at the DC Nation, we are tonight's entertainment. Here on the world, freezes in the None of the Robins ever complained. You're going to melt just like a cheese sandwich. And show you just how powerful I really am. Always hold on to all this. I know we should escape my sight, but those who worship evils might be where my power green lantern lies. But let the universe howl in despair, for I have returned. We have no more use for this one. Kill him. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Across the Airways DC Nation podcast. The only place so far on the internet to find podcast reviews got Cartoon Network's popular Saturday morning programming block entitled DC Nation, which currently features episodes of Green Lantern the Animated Series and Young Justice, as well as various DC Comics animated shorts. Again, we normally cover that stuff when it's airing, but right now, uh, Green Lantern and Young Justice are showing reruns. So right now we're basically covering comics. So again, I'm of course your host, Dan Schmidt. Again, with us is the most infamous cover across the airways core members. ATA's Retro Review's very own. Michael J. Petty. Okay, Michael, tell everyone what we're going to do today. Again, we're going along with our summer comic book discussion series just to keep us busy until Green Lantern and Young Justice come back soon. Um, in the fall, I think September. So, what are we doing today? Well, today we are doing something some might call dangerous. I think it needs to be done. I think it needs to be done as well, which is why we're doing it. Yes. Basically, in a nutshell, today what we are doing is we are covering two of the most controversial books of the New 52, two of the most hated books of the New 52, and two of the most loved books of the new 52 in some people's perspective although that is not the majority but i will let you know yes we are covering grant morrison's run on action comics starting with the new 52 and we are also covering the current new 52 superman run which has but which is being written by three different uh teams the first being dan jurgens who we do like because he actually writes good superman normally yes and then after that uh there's a pairing and i forget who they are and i feel bad i don't know they're they're two guys that happened after that yes and coming soon is scott lobdell who has done great work currently especially with red hood and the outlaws yes we have high hopes for him coming to the superman book plus they got a better artist for the superman book who actually worked, and I forget his name too. Whoa, but he whoa, wor- whoa, he wor- whoa, whoa. Dan Jurgens says a good Superman, Michael. I don't disagree. Okay. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I like this other guy's art better because he did the art in the Reign of Doomsday storyline, which was the last storyline of Action Comics before the New 52. Okay, okay. And I like that guy's art. I'll give that's you props. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So without further ado, Dan, should we start with action comics yeah my first disclaimer before this we've slung a lot of mud at grant morrison we have made it very clear on this podcast we don't like grant morrison um especially from some of his choices he's made regarding the batman comics and the new x-men comics when he was working on that 
Um, he has killed two of my favorite superhero characters on his runs with X Men and Batman. So um, I don't who on Batman like him because of well Batman. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess he did kind of kill Batman. And he had Batman he? shoot a gun, which just don't get me started on that. This is true as well. And so today we're going to kind of explain why we're not the biggest fans of Grant Morrison and it, issues with his storytelling and stuff, which I felt really came clear and apparent with the Action Comics books. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Now, I'm not going to say that Grant Morrison hasn't done anything good. His JLA run is very good. All-Star Superman. All-Star Superman is very good. But it seems like he gets these big ideas, and they're just too much. Or too much too soon, in terms of the new 52. Mm -hmm. Where he's kind of trying to mix things up before things have really been established. Yes. And that's not working. No. So basically, moving into... Um, the action comics. Did you want to read a summary about it or anything, Michael? Or um, no, I, I don't really. Need, I don't think we really need to read a summary. The first yeah. arc is called Superman and the Men of Steel, and yeah. it's basically the first five issues, I think, maybe up to seven, and it's the origin of the New Fifty Two Superman. It's a weird origin that's really yeah, it all over the place, convoluted. Yes. And the beginning, we get what Grant Morrison was doing. I don't know if it's what people wanted to see. What I'm referring to is basically the beginning, Superman starts out as kind of, would you say a big bully? Yeah. I mean, this is not the Smallville Superman, which I know a lot of you that listen to the show know that Superman very well. So I figured like we could use that as a basis. And that Superman, like the Jeff Johns were in Superman when he did his run, seems to be, they try to make him like us. You know, he does have all the superpowers and stuff, but he has flaws and personal issues, like we do, that we deal with. Mm. And he deals with self-doubt. He deals with loss. He deals with things that, you know, Everyone has to deal with in their own lives. Then we go to this new 52 Superman, and basically it seems like because he has all these powers, he can do whatever the heck he wants. And he basically threatens this guy like he's Batman. Yeah, he's hanging him over a building. And now, I mean, we did... Now, to be fair, to be fair, we did see this on Smallville in some manner. Yes. But... He wasn't calling himself Superman. He wasn't fully formed. He wasn't Superman at that point. He was the blur. There's a reason that they made two separate identities for Clark exactly. on Smallville. Because one was him testing things out and seeing what worked and what didn't. And the other was the definitive Superman. And this Superman doesn't really test things out. He kind of just does what he wants to do. And there's two arguments you can make to that. Well, he's Superman in a t-shirt. So that officially doesn't make him technically all the way Superman. Well, he has an ass and a cape. He's Superman. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. I agree with that. Can we just play devil advocate here? 
I understand. The other thing is, is Grant Morrison, I think, went back to the original roots of the character back in 1938. Which he did. Where Superman was this super powerful being that stood up against bullies. Exactly. You know, and he what... stood up for the little guy, and he was pretty mean and nasty about it. You know, because he was more powerful than everybody else, he would go to these thugs and shake them off buildings and do stuff of that nature. And I don't think that the way our day and age is wants to see a Superman like that anymore. Well, they, and the, they don't and want the to see some is... big, powerful oppressor beating up on people, even if they are bad guys. No, and Dan, the thing is, and I think we've talked about this before, is that when Superman was first created, it was a different time. There exactly. were a lot of things going on with the world going on war, the Great Depression. You know, the thing about Superman back then is when he beat people up and was mad, it's because he realized what was going on around him in the world and that there were people suffering even in his own city and he couldn't do anything about it. But he yeah. could when it came to crooks like that. And right. to, I mean, to be completely fair, Grant Morrison did understand that perspective, I think. But he doesn't realize that in this day and age, things are a lot different. And that that that's not the Superman you can have today because that's not the one that can inspire people in this day and age like he did back then. Right. It was a different time, so he was set up a different way. I mean, that's apparent throughout the Silver Age. I mean, in the Silver Age, Batman and Robin were like almost comedic in some ways, and as was Superman, and he was even Superboy back then. I mean, it was right. – very different people needed a different approach and today's approach yes people want to see superman beat up people but, but they don't want to see him out of character beating up people like that i mean it has there right. has to be a reason why he's fighting not just right picking on someone and we see him angry we see him yelling at people yeah and superman to most people stand backs and you know talks things through before he goes into a fight yeah. And this one, literally, he's screaming at people, which is, I mean, that's just, it doesn't work that way. The other thing is, I don't think people, you know, in, in America, for instance, like to see this concept of Superman just going around beating up on people because he's more powerful than everybody else. Well, I mean, wasn't that the whole point of Superman Grounded, the last arc in the Superman yes. book? That he didn't want to be that, and he walked around America because of that. He wanted to feel connected. Yes. So. <laughs> He's disconnected. Yeah, it's, it's disconnecting him from people. And that's the biggest problem with Superman and the character, and a lot of why a lot of people feel like they're turned off to him. And why we were actually turned off to him at one point was we felt he was so powerful that we couldn't connect with him. And Smallville changed that for us. Yes, because it showed how Superman can be similar to us. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's what people are looking for. And it's, I feel like it's more realistic. It, yeah. It I mean, if he yeah. was raised here, he's going to he's right. going to approach everything like we would approach everything. Right. Just well, on a much larger scale, obviously. Yeah, and that's the other thing like when the original writers of Superman wrote Superman did in the 30s. The way they did that, it's not wrong. I mean, these were they were pioneers 
establishing this idea of a superhero. Mm. That word didn't even really exist back then. No, Superman was the first superhero. So they were exploring and figuring out what to do and how to make him into something that people would want to read about. And in the beginning, since it was such a new idea, it was amazing seeing this guy who could leap tall buildings at a single bound and fly around and stuff. There was never a story like that. So there wasn't a wrong way to do it back then. But now, you know, the character's evolved. Uh, it's it's become... And as characters evolve, I mean, like with a TV show, like with a movie, you know, a movie series, these characters evolve, changes happen to them. They They become different. They become different to match the the times and society. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, even Batman is different than what he was when he originally started out. Well, I, I mean, let's, what, let's think of what we've seen so far in the Man of Steel Comic-Con footage. The question Superman or Clark or Kal-El or whichever one you want to call him at the end asks, he asks if the world is ready for him. I mean, would right. Grant Morrison, Superman, do that? I don't. I don't think so. He just kind of bursts on the scene, like, "Yeah, I'm here." Yeah. He's not worried about what other people are thinking, and Superman doesn't worry about him. You know, he doesn't worry about himself. He worries about everybody else. And, yeah, and and to just clarify real quick, Superman doesn't worry about other people's opinion of him. Like, as in, like, Lex right. Luthor or just someone saying, I don't like him because of this. I don't like him because of that. He doesn't care about that as much. That's not his point. His point is to do what he has to do. Right. Well, you know, it's – it's Batman says in the Nolan films, is it, doesn't he say something about I'm whatever Gotham needs me to be? Yes. And that I feel that's the same way with Superman. He needs to be what the people want him to be to entice readers. And, and I, inspire them as well. Right. And I feel like after we've been exposed to Smallville for 10 years, and that's been such a big part of the Superman mythos now, people want to see more of that character. Yeah. They want to see that Superman. The flawed Superman. The Superman that some people actually grew up with. And so this stuff is just, it doesn't work. Plus, you know, we were disappointed with how Lex Luthor was portrayed. He seemed yeah, very he silver was, age and silly. He was silver age and silly. He was very arrogant. Like, yeah. not even in the Lex Luthor arrogant sense, but like in the, he sounds like a moron arrogant sense. Yes. <laughs> he felt like a very weak character. Yeah. Now, again, that whole business, though, where he was Clark's informant, that tricked him into bringing down um, Glenn Morgan. That was kind of cool. I feel like that maybe he was putting on an act. Mm. So Superman would underestimate him. Again, I think that's what the next writer could do to explain him maybe being more ruthless when Lobdell takes over, whoever takes over the book. Yeah. I mean, there's. I guess that's, that's your way out. I guess, yeah. And so we have that. And then the other problem with this story is that we get there and he tries to connect Brainiac, the Collector, and Metallo all to each other. All in one villain, which, which is, is 
complicated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's all I have to say about that. And then Grant Morrison, he has just a terrible habit. He does not like to use linear storytelling. And non-linear storytelling does work like if you're Christopher Nolan and, let's say, doing the movie Memento. Grant Morrison does not do it as well as Christopher Nolan does in Memento. Get off. No. Because we get to issue four, where we're about to get to the big showdown between Clark and Brainiac or the Collector or whatever the heck you want to call him. And Grant Morrison's like, this story will continue in issue seven. We're going to do a side story. (laughs) What? (laughs) And so we go to a side story, and it takes place in the future with the Legion. That goes back to the past. And since things happened before they happened, and I do do not know what the heck went on in those those two issues. Because I was utterly confused. Wait, wait, really? I don't even. To be honest, I think I skipped those because of that. Yeah, it's it's gets goofy. It's the Legion, and they talk about. And it takes place after the fact of what happened. Get issues seven and eight. And what happens? I couldn't tell you because I was so confused. Was it like the real Legion? I see that's the other problem. Because they in the Legion books they've been having problems getting to the past because the past is messed up. Which is what happened with the yeah. New Fifty Two at their flashpoint. That's why I was so confused. I I'm I was just like, what is going on here? It's like Grant Morrison knows what's going on before all of us do. And no one else knows. And he's not explaining it to us. See, this is where I get annoyed, people. I mean, you gotta follow. You gotta follow up with your stories, or or make it make sense to the reader. He he. That's the biggest problem he has as a writer, and I'm not the only person who said that. Is it seems like he knows what he's doing, but he doesn't fill in the information to explain how he got there. Hmm. And that's difficult. It makes it difficult to read just books, especially when you have Jeff Johns, who is so meticulous about making sure continuity lines up and, you know, the cliffhangers line up. Because Jeff Johns is great at doing a cliffhanger. Yeah. And he makes sure that next story goes right back into the action. We're not Like in The Last away. Green Lantern. Exactly. Which was awesome. Yes, it was awesome. Good. So that's what makes me mad with Morrison, because this kind of stuff. And there's either even stuff like issue ten came out, and there was a backstory that he wrote that went with issue ten, and that took place after issue eleven. Yeah. See, like that's confusing. Why would you do that? I don't know. I mean, do you agree with me that that's kind of nuts? I would, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and he, and let's and let's also talk about this. In issue ten, he decides, hey, you know what? I'm going to kill Clark Kent. He kills Clark Kent, and it's too soon for a story like that. We've yeah. barely even gotten the new fifty-two Clark Kent established, and now he's dead. 
We barely even know what you're doing. Yes. And then what was up with the Obama Superman? Right. Where we went to an alternate reality. And, and there's nothing wrong. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with him doing like an alternate reality Superman thing. But why was that there? Wasn't it like one issue too? Yeah, it Just was one, one issue. issue. And so I thought, okay, well, now they're establishing something for like another story arc. And they weren't. And they weren't. It was just a one-shot thing. And this Superman... And I think the idea of the president he, being Superman is kind of interesting and something cool to look at. But I feel like that could have been its own graphic novel thing, like Red Sun, other than something that should be put in um, action comics. Well, and I agree. But he is a Grant Morrison weird creation. Right. You're establishing so. a new universe for Superman, and there's not been enough establishing going on. I I don't know. I just and then I and then the other issue I have is like Superman getting the suit. Like it was just something he found on Brainiac's ship. Instead that of turned out to be his father's, though, right? Technically, yes, but still, he didn't earn it. Yeah, he just found it. Yeah. And why why did I waste my time watching 10 years of t- television for him to earn a suit when we get a new comic rendition where he just finds it? And th- and that's something I always liked about like the original Man of Steel miniseries and Birthright and Secret Origin because he has to earn it in those too, didn't he? Well, I mean, he does like in the Man of Steel origin, he's fighting crime in his civilian clothes without a mask, just kind of like Clark did in Smallville. And right. he catches a plane, and Lois Lane finds him, and he freaks out and runs away. And he's like, I need something to do this in, because I can't do this in normal clothes right. and have a real life. In Birthright, he's traveling around the world doing the same thing, and decides, I need something to do this in. Same thing, well, Secret Origin's different, because it goes back to the Superboy origin. But, same sort of deal. Right, exactly. And this, he kind of just finds it, and is like, oh, okay, cool. And puts it on, because his other clothes are ripped. And and I think there needs to be more explanation of these kind of things. They, you know, people want to see their heroes fight for things. Mm-hmm. Even if it is Superman and he has godlike powers and he's more powerful than everybody. They want to see him fight. They want to see him earn that. They want to see him flawed. They want to see him make mistakes. Which, thankfully, Superman, those comics, do make up for. Mm-hmm. But if this is early days of Superman, if this is Superman year one, then we need to see all the flaws and the mistakes here in action. And again, hopefully Scott Lobdell will do that when he joins the book and gets on the book. On Superman, yeah. But right now under uh, – well, who's, somebody's taking over action, aren't they? Yeah, but they, they haven't said who. Okay, well, whoever takes over action, I hope that they do that. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Morrison's just not doing it. Now, there there was one story arc in, that Morrison did that I actually somewhat enjoyed. And I only enjoyed it from the standpoint of it being interesting. And I had an, an idea of it in my own head, and I know you did too. And that's the, I guess, rebirth 
I would say, of the original Superman idea. And that was basically a bald, telekinetic supervillain called Superman. Yeah, I mean, that was the original idea. Are you talking Super- about the, the Blake Ghost thing? Uh, I think so, yeah. The Blake Farm Ghost thing? Yeah. Okay, well, now, with Superman history, that was an idea that they had for Superman. Um, I think it was a drawing that um, Schuster did. Yeah. That he threw out. Yes. And I think that was the one that got passed on by the companies that they were trying to sell Superman to. Um, and I think the image was burned, or some of the images were burned of, of that, and it was just thrown out. Now, yeah. Stiegel had had an original idea for Superman that was a bald man who looked very similar to Lex Luthor, who had telekinetic powers as well. Again, that story was about a supervillain taking over the world. And then that evolved into the character that was the Blake Farm ghost within Action Comics. And then it evolved into what we know today as Superman. Mm-hmm. So there was another character before that, but yes. But that's who they have in the New 52. <laughs> he fights that that original Superman. Yes, the Blake Farm ghost character. Which I thought was pretty pretty neat. I wish he would have done it a yeah. little better, but it's a really cool concept. Except that was pretty horrific how Lois got hit by a fire truck. Yeah, Brutally. and then there was that super surgery. What? That was a little much. That was a little way too much. I mean, at that point, why doesn't yes. Superman just operate on everyone, right? Well, I assumed I assumed that he could read at super speed and absorb information to his head at super speed. And that I don't have a problem with. That was always something I thought he could do, but I never thought it would be used in the comics or used as a plot device. Yeah. Um Yeah, I it was it was a little much. And again, it it made Superman look unrelatable again. Mhm. Because he's like, "Oh, I'm better than the doctors." It's him. It's it's like almost him saying, "I'm better than everybody else." And people don't like characters like that. I don't. That that's going to turn them off. Yeah. I mean, just, no. yeah. That's why that's why we loved uh, Clark Kent on Smallville because we could see ourselves in him. Mm-hmm. And this Superman is very hard to see ourselves in him. Correct. I do like how they mention all this stuff about how he's concerned about people, how he has this connection with homeless people. Yeah. Yeah, and he's a real hands-on reporter kind of thing. That's good, but we've not, we've only heard people say that. We've not really seen it. Right. That's the, that's the other issue. And I think that was more played up in the Superman book over the action comics book, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. He Clark Kent is more personable in the Superman book than he is in the other. And again, I think that's partially because Dan Jurgens and some other people who are better Superman writers or better equipped to work with Superman are on those books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But yeah, it is action comics. It's very complicated to read because it jumps so much all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, you know, he's got Grant Morrison has got fascinating ideas. And they're very imaginative. I just don't know if they're executed as the right at the right times. Yeah, everything is kind of just jumbled. I mean, All Star Superman was great. I mean, that's probably my favorite Superman story. That doesn't take place obviously in the regular right. universe. But. I, I just can't see how he wrote Superman so well and personable like that to him doing this. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if he's spread too thin. But he's not doing anything else. He yeah. did that, and then he wanted to do Batman Incorporated again, so he did that. But I, I mean, I just don't know. I don't. I don't know what's going on. I don't. I don't know what his thought process is as to why he does things this way doesn't make very much sense to me so right um yeah so you i mean do you think that covers it all that covers it all for me yeah um moving on you know to the superman book the superman book you know i i like it it's where i thought you know the comic could eventually evolve to actually some with some of the choices I thought it was where Jeff Johns was eventually going to go um, when he brought back, you know, the, the what do you call it? The reporters at the Daily Planet? Mm-hmm. The bullpen or whoever it is? Yeah. You know, with Ron Troop and characters like that. Yeah. Cat Grant, things like that, bringing them back. Um, I knew that they would do something with, you know, Lois kind of giving her that big raise to being a television um, producer like she is. Which is fine. Television news producer. I mean, I, I feel like there's a natural progression for her character that she gets a raise. And and Clark kind of being stuck still at the newspaper level because he's, you know, he's, uh, do you say old-fashioned works? <sighs> yeah, I guess it does. I mean, he... he He's he's wants to stay humble and he wants to stay keep away from getting too much attention put on him, so he can be a Superman essentially. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's why he's staying down as a newspaper reporter. But Lois, you know, she's going to keep fighting for the top. So I I see her becoming this producer, and I think if they would have stayed married, I think that would have created a lot of great tension in their marriage that they would have had to deal with. But not tension obviously no but it would be more like lois would have as big of a responsibility because clark did because essentially she's covering all the world's news mm-hmm. and it's her job to get that to people right and so i like that and it also gives her the power to almost help or work with superman which is kind of cool in the okay. sense like the one issue where he was fighting that invisible monster and Lois set it up. So all the cameras would focus on the monster. So Superman, but know where he was to defeat it. Uh huh. Or she made the call like to move 
the helicopter or whatever they were using to a certain place so it would get out of his way. Yeah, I like or give that. Give him an advantage. I like that. I mean, it, it's like she can kind of run point for him and back him up while doing her job at the same time. Yeah. So I like that, and it's different from her. Do you need to get saved all the time? Yeah, now she has more control <laughs> over how much danger she's in. Right, so that's good, and it, but it doesn't make her exactly like Chloe Sullivan. Right, at the same time. At the same time. So you have that, I like that scenario, but I don't see why they can't still stay married for it to evolve into that stuff. Well, I don't, because Flash isn't married anymore either, but right. Aquaman still is. So I... Yeah, that's a good point. I, I don't know. I feel like Superman and Flash kind of got cheated, to be honest. Yeah. Because Lois and Clark, I don't think it's it's hindered the comic at all. No, and and that's their argument. But it hasn't. I, I haven't seen it hurt the comics. I mean, it got a little weird in the 90s. But when Jeff Johns took over, it worked fine. And, like, you know, we watched Superman versus the Elite, and I thought her role in that story was really well done. Yeah, you liked that movie. I liked that movie, and I like her role in that story. So, I don't know. that That's my issue with it. And in terms of that, just beyond that, though, the stories are really pretty... They're fine. Um, I think that they should maybe be a little more epic or intriguing. Um, I think the first one was good. Where it was Superman's like powers manifest manifesting themselves as a as different like alien beings. That yeah, that was pretty interesting. Cuz I mean, it did it was like kind of a mystery that he had to figure out. Yeah, honestly, though, I think it could have been done better. I think that's why I didn't like it. Okay. I, I do think it could have been done better, but at the same time, I mean, it wasn't terrible. I, I mean, right. I enjoyed it to an extent. But then, like, the alien that was, like, E.T., and then when he fought that demon alien in the story arc before that, those stories, and I mean, they, they were just... Then the Firestorm alien. Yeah, that's... <laughs> that they, was uh, kind of cool, but... Yeah. yeah. They, they were just kind of there you know they were just kind of i felt filler stories and i feel like they need to be you know this is the new 52 i mean they need to do something big with superman like night of owls and that's what they're gonna do with the upcoming story arc uh hell on earth Wait, written by that, scott labdell okay that's because, a superman story yeah because that crosses over between well it starts with superboy then it goes to supergirl and then right. it's superman and that's what they needed to do because that it opened up Batman so well to start out that new universe. Mm -hmm. And Superman needed to do something big like that. And I don't think that the first three story arcs really did that. I mean, they were decent stories. They weren't confusing as all get out like Morrison and all over the place. Right. But at the same time, you know, they just felt like a standard, you know, the book just the book didn't have a reboot. You know, they were just kind of going through the motions with it. That's how Batman felt. Right? Is that what, what? you're saying? No, Batman felt like it was, this is the new 52, and we're going to introduce it big and huge and loud 
with this really epic story that really rocked the foundation to the Batman universe. But it wasn't oh, okay. too, too far out of the realm of the Batman universe. Okay. You know, you know what I mean? Like it it was big and it, you know, had a big twist in terms of, you know, the Thomas Wade Jr. character. Mm-hmm. And some of that stuff, like that was big, but it still felt feasible within the Batman universe. Like it, they didn't go off the reservation. And Superman, I felt just was beyond the Daily Planet building getting torn down and Lois getting a raise. Nothing really big happened to really test Superman within those stories. And I didn't really like the Daily Planet getting torn down. I mean, it's cool what they did with the new building, but couldn't you have just rebooted the building instead of tearing down the old one? I mean, that's kind of not only disrespectful, but not very cool. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess they were trying to show time had passed. And naturally, I mean, the progression made sense for these characters to get bigger jobs and bigger raises and the planet to get bigger. The other issue is... Newspapers are really hurting, Michael. Really yeah. hurting. I mean, realistically, in the real world. So it did make sense for these characters to still be working in the newspaper yeah. industry, especially Lois, as smart as she is and driven. You know, if she sees a sinking ship, she's going to get off the ship. Right. So we've got that. And, you know, we have a love interest for her, who I hope's not going to last. Is that the plan? Mm-hmm. With him? Okay. The Jonathan guy. I forget what his last name is. I don't know. He just better not be a Richard White. That's all I'm saying. Okay. So we have him. And there's a lot of backstory that keeps saying that Lois really wants to be with Clark. And she's waiting him for him to make a move. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that stuff going on right now. So it's kind of like Smallville tension, I feel like. Yeah, the the weird thing though about it is kind of that Superman and Lucy Lane are kind of together, or Clark and Lucy Lane, I guess rather. They're kind right of having this whole thing right now. It's yes. kind of weird. But I think that's just a plot device to get Lois ticked off. Kind of like in Abandoned. Yes. Gotcha. Or not Abandoned, Ambush. Ambush, or... kind of like that, yes. Where she's just going to get mad about it and they're going to have a fight and Clark's going to not realize what's going on until it's too late. And yeah, you know, drama, drama, drama. Well, and you've heard about... I'm just glad they got rid of that uh, Heather Kelly character. When they brought her in, that made me really nervous. And then at the end of the arc, she's like, yeah, I know you're not really that into me. And he's like, yes. And I was like, yes, good. That's I don't want that. Because I'm like, oh, no, they're bringing her in because she's this sweet little innocent reporter that they're bringing in to replace Lois. You know, because they put her out of the field over Lois. And I'm like, oh, great, here we go. That didn't work out. It's like uh, Marv Wolfman's crazy idea of how he wanted uh, Cat Grant to end up with um, Superman in the post-crisis universe. Yeah, that would And how he wanted to phase Lois out. That would have been problematic. So I hope they're not going there. I don't think they are, though. Well, 
you have heard that Wonder Woman and Superman are getting together in Justice League, right? Yes. Okay. How do we feel about that? Um, you know, here's the thing. Superman and Wonder Woman kind of had a thing or an attraction towards each other early on in the post-crisis universe. So it makes sense that would happen here. I personally, as a fan of Batman the Animated Series and the Justice League Animated Series, would have liked to see them go the Batman-Wonder Woman route. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Because they're so different, it's amusing. To be honest, I completely saw it coming because of some of the... Because Uh, when they first meet in Origins, he's like, you're strong. She goes, I know. And they kind of give each other those looks. Well, and she's kind of backed him up several times. Well, and when Graves attacks her first, Superman flies out after her. Diana, you know, freaking out. Well, didn't they bash on him because he was so quiet? Yeah. And she stood up for him? Yeah. Yeah, so. Well, and Batman's like, he's a reporter. Or Cyborg said that. Yeah. Batman said that. Batman said that. I, I don't think it's going to last terribly long. To be honest, I really don't. People on Twitter are complaining. People on Tumblr are complaining. People everywhere are complaining. They're like, blah, 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 Lois, blah, 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 this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know what? Just deal with it. Well, and technically, technically, Justice League takes place before the Superman comics, right? Well, the first arc did. Okay, so this new arc where they hook up is at the same time as Superman comics? It's current, yes. Okay. Okay. Because I was just figuring that out. Because then, you know, I was just going to say, well, if it takes place before, then we know this not going to go through because he's not with anybody. Well, let, comics. let's be honest. We all know it's not going to last anyway. Right. We they all need know. To, they need to be very, to be. but they need to be very careful that everything lines up accurately. With the continuity? Yes. Yeah, I, I agree with that. They're not doing as great of a job now. But, I, yeah, I, I am hoping they'll do better. I mean, I think Justice League is the center of the new 52 universe. And everything needs to react from the events of that book. Mm-hmm. Now, if Grant Morrison's not on board with that, I I could see that. But doesn't matter anymore They anyway. need to get it in his face, yes. Because he's leaving, finally. Right. So just fix that smudge early on in the new 52 and just move it around. But I mean, move it back to Justice League being the center. Absolutely. And I mean, and really, it's it's really not that big of a deal that Wonder Woman and and Superman are together. They're not going to be together long. And even if they are longer than we expect, we all know where he's really going to end up with. Plus, I mean, if, yes. if you really just don't want to read it, don't read it. But Just now, don't complain to everyone else who want to read it. Yeah, the only question is, like, do they? how long are they going to play the game of Superman not getting with Lois? My, my, I think a while, to be honest. Are they, I are, but, I mean, there's no way they can go 20 years. No. Like, no. without doing it, no. My, or 30 or however long it was. I'd give it a year, maybe two. Yeah. The other because, thing is, I don't know how yeah. long they can go without her not knowing that he's Superman. 
they did it forever in the comics. But people got so tired of that. It was disgusting. Well, how long did they know each other on Smallville before she figured out? What, five, six years? Yeah. There you go. Five, six years. Yeah. Not 30. Yeah. But it was in the, in the comics the, for the first time they revealed it. I, I, I find it kind of funny on my homepage right now that uh, Steve Eunice has a pull up. And yeah. it's what is the best Superman related comic book title at the moment? There's action, Superman, Superboy, Supergirl, Teen Titans, Justice League, Smallville, Superman Beyond, Young Justice, and Superman Family Adventures. The one that's winning right now, guess which one it is? Smallville. Yep. Because that's the Superman people are most connected with right now. Well, and he's with Lois, and he's fully functional, and there's Lex, and it's all done right. Yeah. The other problem is you have... You've got to understand, and I don't know if Grant Morrison gets this, and he may, but is you got to understand so much of comic books right now are a reaction to the movies, to and media now. Because media is so dominant right now. You know, I mean, yes, comic books are the original source material, but the movies are making more money. Mm-hmm. So they're dictating where the stories of these comics are going. Mm-hmm. In terms of Batman and Superman. Now, I mean, Green Lantern's a different story. Uh, I think the Green Lantern comic book story is better than the movie. Obviously. But in terms of the franchises that have succeeded, they're dictating what shows up in the books. Like, I feel like this whole situation with the Joker disappearing and taking his face off and all of this was a reaction to the popularity of the Joker in the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, there was even stories that go back even longer than that. Um, characters like Scorpion and Rhino in terms of the Spider-Man universe were introduced on the cartoon show then brought into the comics. Yeah. So, so I feel like with Superman, things introduced with Smallville, things introduced with Man of Steel need to be in there because that's what people are looking for. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Jeff John's run did so well because he took things people had seen in the movies, you know, the fortress in um, in Antarctica and some of the Donner stuff. Well, and he worked with Donner into the comics, you know, bringing yeah. in Zod and stuff. And that got people really excited because that's what they know. That's most people that know Superman or know anything about Superman, their source material is that movie. Or yeah. Smallville with some people. Absolutely. And Morrison didn't use any of it. No, he it was basically his imagination gone wild. Yes. And you've Follows. got to if you're gonna tell a retelling of any of these characters, you've gotta use the things that were familiar from them before. It's about the new 52, I feel is like about streamlining everything into something coherent that people can, that have only seen the movies, that have only watched the cartoon show, can jump in on and understand. And I don't feel Morrison did that with the action comic books. Because like, like for instance, Brainiac, who we all know is a villain in Destroyed Krypton, 
on Superman the Animated Series is just the computer and the satellite that Superman uses as his fortress now. He's basically Kellex. Yes. Who, for those of you who don't know, was Jor-El's servant robot on Krypton, who Superman later got in the fortress. But, yeah. But it's basically knows. what he is. But that's that's not right. That's not what people know. So they see that no. and go, what the heck is this? Superman's fortress is in Antarctica. It's been that way in all these renditions. And not in space. And it could be that way in Man of Steel. So why is it like this here? That's that's what I'm saying. And I think meh, big overhaul changes are going to be made to the Superman book within the next year or two because of that movie. Because mm. I think the movie's going to be really successful. Because that's going to happen. And look at the sales of season 11. It's selling better. Than the other books, So yeah. that's going to be in there. And I've even noticed... Not so much in Action Comics because Grant Morrison's run hasn't technically been done yet. But in Superman and Justice League especially, he's being portrayed a lot different. Than in action. Yes, he's much quieter. He doesn't yell as much. He's much more reserved. He's still a little violent in Superman. But overall in Justice League, he's he's almost like his former self. Yeah. I, I would say he's a little bit quieter and a little more self-conscious than the post-crisis version. Mm, yep. In, in the Justice League version. Well, I'm, oh, well, let's remember, it's only five years, whereas the other right. was about 10, 12, 13 years in. But, but I think that's okay because I think it shows that he is reserved about his powers. You know, he's nervous about scaring people. Mm-hmm. And I respect that. You know, it's more about, I'm the most powerful guy on the planet. Yeah, I can scare people, and I don't want to come across as scary. Yes. And that's something, you know, someone can relate to. You know, somebody that's maybe a soldier, you know, who's a big, menacing, brute, scary guy, you know. People, you know, may react to him by his appearance that he's really scary, but he could be really nice, you know. So there's mm-hmm. people that deal with that stuff. Yeah. So, I get it. I mean, that's that's fine. And then Superman's a reporter. Like Batman says, he's always observing. Well, that's logical. That's logical and it makes sense. Yes, because a lot of reporters would do that. So right there, people that are reporters can relate to Superman. He does, he's doing, he has human reactions to things. Humans don't walk down the street and start freaking out at people or grabbing them and hanging them off buildings. Uh, no. No. And that's it's the big thing is Superman, yes, he's an alien, but he has a lot of humanity in him. Correct. We can see him, and that's his parents' influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's enough on me ranting on this. I, yeah, I'd agree. I had no, some no offense to you, but I don't think we want to give everyone's hopes up just yet. On what? Superman. Like in general, cause now we're covering Smallville. Yes. So we're going to make people feel better. Yes, we're, we're going to cover the Superman that people enjoy and is going the right direction. Thank you, Mr. Brian Q. Miller, mm-hmm. who will be joining us soon for another episode. Yes, The Talk will. Detective and, and some of Guardian. So yeah, we're excited about that. I want to ask him about episode three, Haunted, so 
Ooh, cool. So let's take it away with the next installment of Detective. With Metropolis in the grip of a heat wave, Clark must track down and apprehend a teleporting criminal. Meanwhile, are Lex's memories starting to return? Dun, dun, dun. I don't know, but all I can say is, we're going to have a heat wave. There's actually no. a song called Heat Wave. Well, we're not going to have one. We're not going to close the podcast with that? Well, we might. Okay. Well, we might not. I don't know. It's a Superman-themed episode, so we'll see what I come up with. This is a weird reference, but I remember them singing singing that in um, the movie Sister Act. Sister Act? I've never heard of it. What's it about? It's Whippy Goldberg, and she's like a singer in Las Vegas. And oh, she, my gosh. She has to go into witness protection, so she becomes a nun. <laughs> for witness protection. From and Las she, Vegas to a nun. And she makes like church like going to a Las Vegas showgirl performance. She makes like going to church cool. Oh my gosh. It's interesting. That's hilarious. I might need to see that. <laughs> Sister Act? Sister Act. That's funny. Yes, it's it's an interesting film. And uh the actress that plays Professor McGonagall from Harry Potter is actually in it. Huh. She's like the head nun. <laughs> from a witch to a nun. Yes. <laughs> it's interesting. Anyhow. Or the opposite way. I don't know. Yes. So anyway, we're starting out with our Smallville discussion here. Again, we're at the LexCorp building. Which now has its original LexCorp logo back. Yes. From season two, which is an interesting choice. They fixed it. Can I, I think this is Otis here? I don't know how I feel about that, though. Is this Otis? Yeah, that's Otis. Whistling. He's exciting. Again, he's looking for Mr. Luthor. Morning, Mr. Luthor. He's looking for him. Lex is asleep. Yeah, he's asleep. And he's angry because he got woken up. He's like, good morning. And Lex, of course, is, is it Lois? Is it Otis? Not Lois. <laughs> How he doesn't remember, I don't know, but whatever. And so it's not good. Otis looks a little bigger in this. He must have been eating more donuts and stuff. Yeah, he gets on his desk. Lex's desk, and he doesn't like that. Lex doesn't like that, yeah. Yeah, he gets angry. Okay, does Lex look like, in this to you, does he look like like late 90s, early 2000s Lex? Yes. Like President Luthor to you? Yes. Well, eventually that's where we're going, right? So. Well, yeah, but, I mean, he really is looking the part. It's starting. And he does yoga now, too. Lex Luthor doing yoga. Yep. How does that work? And he's meeting a guy from Wayne Tech. It's exciting. Could that be Bruce Wayne or Lucius Fox? That'd be interesting. I could see could Lucius you see, Fox. Could you see Morgan Freeman guest starring? Got Smallville. Next week on an all-new Smallville, Morgan Freeman guest stars as Lucius Fox of Wayne Tech. And meets with Lex Luthor at LexCorp. Good morning, Mr. Luthor. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. But we find out that Lex never made it to his penthouse. Nope. 
Because he doesn't, you know, have the mansion anymore. Yeah, he doesn't live there anymore. His evil clone who became Superboy burned it to the ground. But I bet the mansion has a fireplace and double doors that people can burst through. You mean the penthouse? Yes, the penthouse. And and lots of vodka and drinks. Just like his office. Yeah. <laughs> he drinks a lot of alcohol, actually. He really, even though Otis says, how much have you had to drink? And he goes, not a drop. I'm like, okay. Do you know what this reminds me of? Season three. When he had the amnesia? Yes. Yeah. Anyway, can you know what happened before? Yeah, I agree. What's what's the episode? The what the one before Asylum. The one before Asylum? Yeah. The, um the one where he goes crazy and Clark gets hit by Morgan Edge's car and all that. The one before uh, shattered, one. shattered. Yeah, when he goes crazy, because his mind goes shattered. Yeah, it's it's kind of feels like that. And now it is again. But yes. too bad he can't have Doctor Claire Foster help him again, because you know he killed her. Because it seems like he's following Superman. That's why he's awake. And Otis is worried about him. Oh, isn't that nice? And he goes, "It'd be sweet if you weren't minding your own business or whatever." So that's kind of funny. Gone looks like Lex forgot that about that other guy that took care of him. Which guy? The guy that was killed at the beginning of season um, eight, eight, nine, eight, eight. Yeah, the guy that was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. Well, no, because I thought he had a few scenes with Tess. Yes. He was, he was killed before the orb happened in Doomsday. He was yeah. killed in Doomsday. Yes. Three people died in Doomsday. People forget that. Everyone yeah. thinks two. No, it's three. There's that important man. And then he has a flashback to when Clark broke through the window. Or that, Superman, rather. That goofed up panel. Yeah. <laughs> the panel got... It actually looks kind of cooler here. In some aspects. Yes, it does. Because there's a lot more glass, and she's going... And Lex is freaking us out here because it seems like he knew somebody. He He's saying he might have known Superman before the mind wipe. He goes, call it a hunch or maybe instinct. But Clark didn't use the double doors this time. He didn't bust in through the double doors. So how did that refresh his memory? I don't know. He no, because he, remember he used the door the second time after he blew the windows. So he could have gone through the, the double doors then. Yes. So. Gunlex is taking credit for Superman's heroic acts now, because he's kept him flying around out on the streets. Yep. Yep. Because he doesn't have Lois. But now he's back. Hundred times back. And now Lex is curious about. What was holding Superman back before? And meanwhile, at the Daily Planet. Wow, we haven't seen this place in a while. No, we have not. And poor Lois is still in the basement. No, Lois isn't. Clark is. Oh, Clark is in the basement. Yeah. Oh, Clark. And here's funny intern Jeff. Yes! But but this part is almost (laughs) kind of creepy because he goes, Those eyes, what is it about them? 
those damn steely blue dreamboat okay. eyes. Like he's talking about Clark like he's in love with him. It's kind of creepy. Jeff the intern becomes a stalker. Is he from Smallville? Yeah, remember? No, I said, is he from Smallville, the actual town? Oh. Because he's acting like someone from Smallville. Creepy he stalker. A, he probably has a meteor ability, but... Oh, God. <laughs> Innocent, pure. It's like he's a puppy. A puppy with secrets. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Reading that was kind of creeping me out, to be honest. Yes. <laughs> like, this is inner monologue, Jeff. This isn't like <laughs> preschool where you share your thoughts. No. This is this is Brian Q. Miller's fantasy he had about stalking Erica Durant's. Yeah, but now, yeah. but instead it's Clark. It's yes, creepy. He's in love with Tom Welling. Well, and Brian tweeted a picture of a <laughs> of a script for an upcoming chapter, Detective. And apparently Jeff, who is basically like Lois's stalker, and now apparently Clark's stalker. Yeah. Um, he's a roommate with uh, Bert. Oh no. Who is Clark Stalker from season ten? Oh no! So I'm like, oh my gosh, that's like the creepiest thing ever. <laughs> and there's secretly another version of the Wonder Twins, through the Earth Two version of the Wonder Twins. <laughs> oh my gosh! I was supposed to be a girl, but no, wait. <laughs> Do you see how how wound up this complaining about Grant Morrison has made us? Yeah, we're kind of losing it, aren't we? Yeah, I really got on my soapbox today. You did. I <laughs> I congratulate you. You really spoke your mind. Yes, I did. I felt better, too. So thank you. Yeah, it just kind of made me tired because I kept dozing off. But <laughs> <laughs> because it's nothing I haven't heard before, ladies and gentlemen. So back to Jeff. We get this funny moment where Lois kind of catches him being creepy. Yeah. <laughs> And he falls to the ground. And then Lois kind of converses with him about that. Not really. He, she kind of just ignores it. I'm like, why would you ignore something creepy like that? Get Who him away. Who is she from... talking to? I think, oh. she, I think she's kind of inner monologuing. Oh. But outer monologuing. Oh. Maybe like, she's... she's kind of talking to Jeff, but at the same time, she's not. And then he says good morning, and then they start talking. Okay, and then she's like, "Walk it off." Yeah. Okay, so she's gonna. Crap. Okay. <laughs> nice. But then everyone's gone, and she notices that. She yeah. goes, "The didn't we used to have employees?" What's going on? And Jeff basically says, "Superman's been giving them so much news to cover that they're using." Any and everyone. Wow, except for Jeff. Except for Jeff, because he's unwanted. Yes. He was the unwanted child. He was that frozen embryo baby. Nice. That later got adopted by a different family who don't share the same gene pool, and then had him just because they felt bad. And Lois is, like, wanting other things to write about here, because she wants to get her mind off of him, because she's not getting enough. Poor Lois. Darn that, Max Luther. Well, I do like when Lois looks at the pictures of Superman, and then there's the picture of Superman holding the truck, and it's a lot like Action Comics 1. Yeah. 
And then there's the one of him catching the plane, which is a common one. Superman the Animated Series and Superman the Movie made it famous. Yep. There's one of him flying from the Daily Planet. One of him holding up the Daily Planet globe again. That thing really isn't sturdy, is it? It's fallen twice yeah. in the series. Yes, it has. That's not cool. Alex did it one time. Well, evil clone fake. And Lex could have done it again there. And then, and then we go. We keep going with Lois and Jeff's discussion, and she kind of takes out her Lex frustrations on for Jeff. But again, I guess he must have learned to talk without thought bubbles. He learned that from Lois. Yeah, I love when he. I love when she just like taps him on like the chest and is like, "I'm projecting. Deal with it." Yes. Classic Lois. Classic Lois. And then he's like. And Jeff wants to know what Clark's up to nowadays. And she's like, he stays busy, you creeper. Stay away. <laughs> Stay away from him. He's staying away from you. And then meanwhile, across town... Maggie Sawyer is hot. As in, there's a heat wave. And as is Dan she Turpin. hot outside. As in a heat wave. As in a heat wave, yes. And I do like that they're partners again. Like in Superman the Animated Series and in the comics. Yes. Because that is just awesome. Because that's, I mean, we got to see them both on the show, but they never were in the same episode. Yes, so they And now they are. Good deal. And I just hope that uh, Lionel Darkseid doesn't show up and blast him with his Omega Beans. No, there's no more Lionel or two Darkseid. There's just Darkseid now. Let's just just go with him actually, like, finally making himself a body or something. Because that makes more sense. So Clark can make his head explode rather than just fly into him. Yes. Yes. That sounds better. And then there's a school bus getting lifted with the crane. Uh, looks like the Joker's plans failed. <laughs> <laughs> but in fact, it's really Inner Gang. It's Inner Gang. Oh, boy. Well, it's just one teleporting guy who's part of Inner Gang because he has the teleporting bus. Is Inner Gang kinda... connected to Darkseid here or not? That's what I kept wondering, yeah. because I'm like, where's the technology coming from? It's got to be Apocalypse, because that's how it's supposed to be. It's it's people that didn't get the symbol off their heads. Yeah, it turns right. out it's from LexCorp, but you find right. that out at the end. Anyway, yes. back to the present. That's how to connect Batman. Oh, they're talking to some kid named Billy. This is kind of cool. Well, why is his name Billy? Is he Billy Batson? Is he Billy Batson? Oh my gosh. Well, Brian, we if that's set up, you're a genius. Yes. Well, anyway, we have a character named Billy who could be Billy Batstead, a.k.a. Captain Marvel or Shazam or whatever the legal people call him now. Yeah, this kid's like, someone's got to do something to stop this villain on the school bus holding the kid's hostage. Gets some kid, like, rips his shirt open. And he goes, I got shirt. this. <laughs> awesome. And then he goes and taps some guy on the shoulder. Uh, then we get a shot that they would probably never show on TV. Got a little kid getting a gun pointed at his face by the villain. Yeah, that would never be on TV. No, I, I don't even think the CW would. Maybe allow that. in animation. Or if it was on FX. Or if it was on FX, but never, never on the CW. And it's a very realistic looking gun as well. Yes. Yeah, but the guy's not going to shoot him. That's good. He's not yes. that merciless. No, he's not. Thank and good. the kid's like, I'm going to hit you with my heat vision. And the kid really thinks he shot heat vision at him. Which that, is really funny. Yes, it is. Because he's like, see? It's, it's, it was a really kind of horrific moment for the kid 
getting the gun pointed at his head. But awesome intro. Never really seen one of these before, so kudos on the creativity, Brian. Yeah, no kidding. And then Superman reaches through, grabs the guy, takes him out, no problem. Pretty much in a, in a way that would have probably happened on the TV show. I think they could have pulled that shot off. I do like when he's like, I think these children have gone through enough today without having to deal with your swearing. Yes. That was awesome. And I like that he had an issue with the swearing. That was very good. And, but then but then Superman kind of tells the kid guns are not toys. And it's like, you need to just be careful. And that's good, too. That's that's good advice. Good advice. Good way to handle it. And also kind of shows that Clark is not as cocky as he used to be. Mm-hmm. So that was And good. he doesn't want anyone else to be that way either. Right. And I like how they address the swearing issue. But then the teleporter gets loose because he reveals he can teleport. Well, and you can't... Yeah, you can do that on Smallville. Usually I think uh, Jonathan Kent's actually swore on Smallville a couple times. But not in front of kids. Not in front of kids. And then this bad guy has a teleporter vest. He wants to be Nightcrawler secretly. And then Clark tells everyone, put their seatbelts on. Gets taped foot. And the cops are chasing the bad guy. The bad guy like teleports down. And they start shooting, and Super Red catches all the bullets and makes them to this like giant ball thing. It's awesome. And he's like, I saved you for a bunch of paperwork. And that's a cool move, too. Superman grabbing bullets like that. You know, doesn't that ball kind of remind, remind you of what they did with Brainiac 5 and Legion? Yes. The other thing is, I like him grabbing all the, the bullets, because he remembered from what happened in the flashbacks in Relic. <laughs> yeah. He didn't want any ricochet. Yeah. So I like good. that, too. And he, he has them take care of the kids. I don't know how they're going to get the kids down, but okay. You know, it, it'll, it'll be fine. And then Superman goes after the teleporter. And the guy's like, this is a great line here. What's to stop me from warping back out of that bus? Get drafting those kids from, from the sky one by one. And Clark, Superman's like, me. That's pretty awesome. That's like a Batman thing. Tom Welling would have delivered that awesome, though. Which yeah, but doesn't like doesn't that sound like Batman though? A little bit. Well, what's stopping me from doing that? Me. You know. I, I think Clark could pull it off. I'm sure. I mean, I mean, I'm sure he could, but me. I don't know. Give him that. Like give, him, give him that thir- stern, like um, Jonathan Kent look. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then intergate. They they make an interesting thing here where the guys like. Look, I, I'm not, I don't want, we already got the money, you know, but we're not going to hurt kids. We're not like that. And, I like that. And he, and he needed just a distraction to stop him. And that also fits that Lex is involved because you said he is involved. But then they say that there's a bomb on the crane, which isn't cool. No. And he freezes him. Because he's a little ticked off about the kids. Yeah. But hey, but that... when it comes to kids, this is the thing. I know we were complaining earlier about Superman being too much of a bully on people. Well, the, well, the action Superman. Yeah, the, the action Superman. This is there's kids involved. Yeah. That that that's an issue. We got to do something. And actually, it's kind of a funny situation. Yeah, because he freezes him, and then he heat-visions his head so that yes. he can breathe. It's funny. 
And he goes, did you just face me? <laughs> Kitty keeps yelling for a lawyer. Yeah, and then he starts yelling for a lawyer, and Superman's like, you know, I'm not a policeman, okay. right? Kind of how the children aren't the only ones who should be playing with guns. Right? And, and then, you know what should have been after he says that? Like, if they were actually filming this on the show? Because just that classic Tom Welling smile. <laughs> when he says it, it'd be so awesome. That would be awesome. Uh, and he's like, I need to know who sold it. This is this is kind of good interrogation. He's not throwing him off a building. Mm-hmm. He's kind of just holding him there. Well, he, and, and he's not being impersonable. No, he's not. He's, no, he's not. He's not yelling at him. He's being very calm. They collected and just be like, okay, tell me what's going on. And then the guy just kept pushing things. He says, okay. He gave you a chance. We talked. Not good. Okay, now I'm going to have to freeze you. This isn't yeah. cool. And then he's like, all right, fine. You're not going to give me answers. I'll just use my powers to do something else. So he just harmlessly x-ray visions and finds out that, guess what? Our pal Lex is involved. And then he turns to the camera in Lionel Luther fashion. Because it's going to be one of those states, isn't it? Yes. And yes, only Brian Q. Miller is capable of breaking the fourth wall in his because, small little crypts. Yes. Scripts. It's very true. Because he is Brian Q. Miller, and that's what he does. He did he it. He breaks in, the fourth wall. Well, he did it so well in Luthor, so. Luthor. Let's do it here, Luthor. You really just said Luthor, didn't you? Yes. That was my throwback yes. to Otis. Yes. Go Otis. That that's that's what they, they should have done. They should have gotten the actor who played um uh Otis at the beginning of Luthor to be like this episode is called Luthor. How do you say it? You could do his voice better than I can. Mr. Luthor yeah, like that. That's he should have just said what the episode title was at the beginning of Luthor. That would have been good. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, I think we're kind of running low on time. Got another good Smallville book. A little disappointed we didn't get to see Batman. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, to me, it was a nice transition. So yes, I was disappointed, but I was okay with it. Yeah. To be honest. I didn't. I think this is probably so far my least favorite chapter. I mean, there were awesome moments. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, I. I yeah. Well, it, it was, was the just slowest paced. It was. It was. You know, if if this was a Smallville episode, this would probably have been the middle of the episode. Uh, this is yeah. yeah. This would have been like an act two, where you know it's just, you know, different scenes building us up to the finale. But I think I'll like it better when I see it in the print. I, yeah, I think this I, is. I think I'll be fine then. Exactly. I think it. It it's just it's just storytelling. Yeah. It's getting you to the next point of the story. So I think yeah I think once you get the issue, you'll you'll read it through and the story will feel really fine. But I mean I I still love the cover yeah. art by Cat Stags even if Batman right. isn't in it the p- picture of Batman and Nightwing is awesome. This really felt like. Um, that second commercial, the the period after the second commercial on the episode, after the credits, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So, 
it's it's very much so structured like an episode of the show well and like you said it's written like one yeah because I, I could have seen the you know the the scene ending with clark you know turning the camera and saying oh, it's gonna be one of those days and then it cutting the commercial oh yeah or cutting to a different scene if we had to do that too easily yeah but hey you know what the story's still going smooth and superman's still staying within the constraints of his character Yes, which is a must-have for this season, Superman. <laughs> well, it makes you feel good after reading Grant Morrison. It makes me yeah. much more relaxed about the world. About the world and everything in That's it. That's frustrating. So thank you for calming me down, Brian. So with that, we're going to close up the episode. Got Michael, you want to tell everybody kind of what we're going to be covering next week? Yeah, next week we'll be covering the Flash series of the new as well as one of the best, I think, series out there right now in terms of rebooting a classic character, and that is Supergirl. Wow, that's a bold statement. I'm, well, don't you think? Oh, the Superman books, yes. Gets the best. Well, I mean, I'm redefining any of the characters in the new 52. Yes. I don't mean like, yeah, like a new origin, new this, that. The, I think the, Supergirl's probably the best. The best book right now is the Batman books oh, oh right i know that i meant in terms of redefining yes a character i'll give you that okay cool yeah because yeah and that's written by michael green correct yes i like him he also wrote some superman batman stuff yes sir he wrote search for kryptonite which i love yes. but yes so we'll be covering that we'll also be covering the third chapter of Small Season 11, Episode 2, Detective. And the week after that, I think, is when we're going to have Brian on. Yes. So, so hopefully... That will be, which will be good, because that's the week the next print issue comes out anyway. Nice. So the first three will be done and all that. So it actually adds up pretty well. Yeah, I think we're going to just make that week episode of ATA just our Brian interview. The ATA DC Nation podcast will just be our Brian interview. So that's how I'm going to do that with that. So, like what we did, John Carlo. Yeah, next week is Supergirl Flash, and then Brian will come on to talk to us. And hopefully next week's issue of Smallville, Superman, and Batman in the Smallville universe will actually meet. So we can talk to Brian about that as well. So hopefully that's all going to go down. Um, it'd be good stuff and to talk just about. To click- yeah, and just to clarify, Brian is not next week. He is the week after. Right, exactly. Yeah, and also yeah. I could advise you guys to check out um, the original Across the Airways podcast, which basically covers uh, the popular network TV, network and cable TV dramas that are going on right now. Um, we just did an episode on Alphas and Warehouse 13. That was a lot of fun. Um, and we're going to be think that join in on. And we're going to be recording a Falling Skies episode. <laughs> which Michael will be joining well, in with us on. You get to join in on. This Sunday. So that'll be exciting. Falling Skies is a great show. If you haven't watched it, you should be watching it. Or you need to go back and watch it. Season 2 just it's ended. Only like, yeah, season 2 just ended. It's only like less than 30 episodes. Yes, it's like 20 episodes or something. So definitely watch it. It's a great show. And I'm excited to talk about that because it's a show that uh, Nico, Michael, and I all love. And we want to get into that. Also, um, we have uh, Michael's show, ATA Retro Reviews, 
which used to cover his past episodes of Smallville. Now it's just covering past TV series. Could you guys just came out with a recent episode? Well, no, we didn't yet. Okay, yes. What we just recently came out with is episode zero of our of Wu and I's new upcoming podcast in which Dan and Eagle will be joining Anna on whenever they feel like. And that is the Long Hunters podcast, which will cover the CW series Arrow in the fall. Yes. So we, yeah, we did our episode zero on that, which is basically just background on Green Arrow in the comics and other media and our thoughts on him and some thoughts on the show. So that's all that is. By the time this episode is out, that will be out. So look yeah. for that at acrossarrows.com slash arrow podcast. Yep. Check that out. Got also arrow, uh, We'll start airing on the CW. I think it's the first week of October. Yeah. On on Wednesday. And that is also the same night Supernatural will have a season premiere. So Actually the the premieres are different this year because they're doing Supernatural the first week in October and I think they're doing okay. Arrow the second week. All right. Which well, is weird, but Arrow and Supernatural will be on the same night together. Um they might not yeah. premiere the same night, but they will be airing together following the first week of October. So keep an eye out from that. Also, we released a list of all the release dates of all the new shows and returning shows on our Facebook page. So you can check it out there. And um, with that, I'd advise you guys all to go check out our website at www.acrosstheairwaves.com. Um, there you can support us through our sponsors as well as um, you can email us at acrosstheairwaves at gmail.com um, with any questions you have about the show or anything you want to talk about regarding the shows that we cover. Um, again, that's across the airways at gmail.com. Also, you can like us on Facebook where you can find out the movie and TV news um, that Nico researches for us every week. That does a great job of posting on our site. And also you can stay updated on our podcast releases by liking us on Facebook. And uh, you can basically get the same information by following us on Twitter. Um, we're across airways. There's no on there. It's just across airways. Can also um, you can follow us on Google Plus, and you can find out kind of the same movie and TV news and podcast um, releases information on that site as well. Also, um, if you'd like to give us any of your crackpot theories you may have about any of the shows you cover, or just kind of want to say that you're enjoying the show, or have any uh, requests for things you'd like us to cover or whatnot, um, you can feel free to leave us a voicemail. Okay, what number can you call to do that, Michael? One seven seven three eight oh nine three three six three. That is one seven seven three eight oh nine three three six three. And also if you'd like, um, you can access our YouTube channel, which features previous promos, all sorts of upcoming movies, including the new James Bond movie Skyfall, as well as the trailer for Man of Steel when that comes out next summer. So definitely check out those trailers there. Um, also, Michael has some video promos that he's done for Across the Airwaves. Um, he hasn't made one in a while. Hopefully, no, we'll... I just did one. Go, oh, he just did one. So, yeah, for you, sweet the DC Nation. Okay. Well, uh, Michael just did a DC Nation promo advertising our show. So definitely check that out. Um, it's available on our YouTube channel. Again, hopefully we'll post a link on the Twitter and Facebook page for that as well. Also, if you don't want to go back through this podcast. To listen to all the ways you can contact us, feel free to download our Android app, which is available by clicking the link 
on the right-hand side of our page. Get through that app. You can contact our podcast and listen to our podcast episodes all through your cellular phone. So once again, for Michael's Retro Reviews, co-host Wu Kim, and my regular Across the Airways co-host Nico Reifstech, I'm Dan Schmidt. And I'm Michael J. Petty. And until the next DC Nation podcast, we'll catch you on the airways. We will see you guys later. Um, Please just try to bear with us your red comics. Hopefully Scott Lobdell and whoever's replacing Grant Morrison on action will make it better. And if you want some good Superman that you know you can rely on, check out Brian Q. Miller's Smallville Season 11. See you guys. Have a great week. Now return to our regularly scheduled program.